The primary source of food in countries such as Uganda are often destroyed by wilt disease. In all these cases, genetic engineering has the potential to create varieties that are far better able to withstand the onslaught. GM potatoes could also lead to a new generation of biotech foods sold directly to consumers. Though transgenic corn, soybeans, and cotton, mostly engineered to resist insects and herbicides, have been widely planted since the late 1990s in the United States and in a smattering of other large agricultural countries, including Brazil and Canada, the corn and soybean crops go mainly into animal feed, biofuels, and cooking oils. No genetically modified varieties of rice, wheat, or potatoes are widely grown because opposition to such foods has discouraged investment in developing them and because seed companies haven't found ways to make the kind of money on those crops that they do from genetically modified corn and soybeans. With the global population expected to reach more than 9 billion by 2050, however, the world might soon be hungry for such varieties— Although agricultural productivity has improved dramatically over the past 50 years, economists fear that these improvements have begun to wane at a time when food demand, driven by the larger number of people and the growing appetites of wealthier populations, is expected to rise between 70 and 100 percent by mid-century. In particular, the rapid increases in rice and wheat yields that helped feed the world for decades are showing signs of slowing down, and production of cereals will need to more than double by 2050 to keep up. If the trend continues, production might be insufficient to meet demand unless we start using significantly more land, fertilizer, and water. Climate change is likely to make the problem far worse, bringing higher temperatures and, in many regions, wetter conditions that spread infestations of disease and insects into new areas. Drought, damaging storms, and very hot days are already taking a toll on crop yields, and the frequency of these events is expected to increase sharply as the climate warms. For farmers, the effects of climate change can be simply put— the weather has become far more unpredictable, and extreme weather has become far more common. The central highlands of Mexico, for example, experienced their driest and wettest years on record back-to-back in 2011 and 2012, says Matthew Reynolds, a wheat physiologist at the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center in El Batan. Such variation is worrisome and very bad for agriculture, he says. It's extremely challenging to breed for it. If you have a relatively stable climate, you can breed crops with genetic characteristics that follow a certain profile of temperatures and rainfall. As soon as you get into a state of flux, it's much more difficult to know what traits to target. One advantage of using genetic engineering to help crops adapt to these sudden changes is that new varieties can be created quickly. Creating a potato variety through conventional breeding, for example, takes at least 15 years. Producing a genetically modified one takes less than six months. Genetic modification also allows plant breeders to make more precise changes and draw from a far greater variety of genes gleaned from the plant's wild relatives or from different types of organisms. Plant scientists are careful to note that no magical gene can be inserted into a crop to make it drought-tolerant or to increase its yield. Even resistance to a disease typically requires multiple genetic changes, but many of them say genetic engineering is a versatile and essential technique. It's an overwhelmingly logical thing to do, says Jonathan Jones, a scientist at the Sainsbury Laboratory in the UK and one of the world's leading experts on plant diseases. 
The upcoming pressures on agricultural production, he says, are real and will affect millions of people in poor countries. He adds that it would be perverse to spurn using genetic modification as a tool. It's a view that is widely shared by those responsible for developing tomorrow's crop varieties. At the current level of agricultural production, there's enough food to feed the world, says Eduardo Blumwald, a plant scientist at the University of California, Davis. But when the population reaches 9 billion, he says, no way, Jose. Failed Promises The promise that genetically modified crops could help feed the world is at least as old as the commercialization of the first transgenic seeds in the mid-1990s. The corporations that helped turn genetically engineered crops into a multi-billion dollar business, including the large chemical companies Monsanto, Bayer, and DuPont, promoted the technology as part of a life science revolution.